Welcome to Crawl Space. I'm Tim here today with Lance. How's it going, Lance? It's going great. It's going wonderful. How are you today, Tim? I'm doing really well, Lance. And uh, this episode is actually a two-parter. And it's extremely interesting, especially as we're living here today in the year 2021, because we're talking with someone who used to be a QAnon believer, and now he doesn't believe in it. That's correct. We're speaking with Jatarth Jadeja, who appeared on Anderson Cooper's uh, CNN documentary about QAnon. He spent two years, I guess you'd say, in the grip he, he, he swallowed the hook of this incredible conspiracy that was generated online and has translated to some of the most disturbing things that have happened in this country recently. And we feel that this conversation with Jatarth is really important to educate and communicate the dangers of this QAnon conspiracy to the, to the public. Absolutely. And uh, I learned a lot about how it originated and sort of what drove it uh, to begin with and, and what sort of keeps it sustained now. Um, the, whole, the whole conversation is compelling. Uh, it went a little long, like 20 minutes longer than we had planned. So we broke it into a two-parter. And it, it's not like we wanted to cut anything because it's all just compelling. And really listen to some of the things Jatarth says, how it happened so subtly and how he, before he knew it, was in so deep. And this is something that he's gone on record by saying it's not a story that he wants to tell, but he has to tell it. And he does tell it with a little bit of a sense of humor. But underneath that, really listen to the words he's, he's using, because this is a dangerous conspiracy. And it is something where if you see someone you care about getting involved in it, you really do need to talk to them in a respectful way and not in such a way where they become offended and they get more uh, entrenched in it. I think what's probably most helpful is introducing them to some of the work of Jatarth. Um, play the, these episodes or play the CNN special report on uh, QAnon with uh, Jatarth Jadeja because it's really important and I think it's helpful seeing someone who's kind of gone through it. And we just want to play a quick clip of the CNN special report with Anderson Cooper because we discuss it in the interview. Um, and there's kind of a shocking moment. Uh, it's a little humorous, too, actually. And uh, here it is. Did you at the time believe that Democrat, high level Democrats and celebrities were worshiping Satan, drinking the blood of children? Anderson, I thought you did that. And I would like to apologize for that right now so i apologize for thinking that you ate babies um but yeah 100 percent. you actually but you but, but you actually you actually believe that i was drinking the blood of children yes i did was it something about me that made you think that it's because q specifically mentioned you and he mentioned you very early on um he mentioned you by name and from there if he also talked about, like, for example, like your family. But yeah, and I, I've, I'm going to be honest, like people still talk about that to this day. I, I, there's, there, there were posts about that just four days ago. So some people thought you were a robot. And if you enjoy this conversation and you want to learn more about Jatarth and you have some time available Thursday night, Get Vocal, 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. We do our Crawl Space live show, and Jatarth is going to be our guest, and he'll tell us a little bit about his involvement with QAnon, his struggle to get out of QAnon, where he's at currently, and I'm sure he's going to want to take a lot of questions. So pop on over to Get Vocal, 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, and uh, speak with us along with our guest today, Jatarth Jadeja.
All right, everybody. Thanks a lot for listening. Follow us on Twitter at CrawlspacePod. And check out all of our fine programs at crawlspace-media.com. And don't forget to swing yourself over, just like Tarzan, to investigationsforthemissing.org. Check out the fine work that goes on there. We are being joined now by Jitarth Jateja. How are you doing today? I've been better. No, I'm just kidding. I'm really good. It's nice to meet you guys. Oh, man. That, that did catch me off guard a little bit. Um, you seemed like you were in a great mood before we started the interview, but um, thank you. <laughs> thank you for that. Enjoying watching the fallout of that like Anderson Cooper thing. I thought that was pretty funny. Um, just, just the reactions. Um, my mom's been enjoying it a lot. She's like, now, Jadat, I never thought you'd be known for being the smartest idiot. <laughs> and like, yeah, it's, it's been good. It's nice to talk to you guys. It's always nice, especially smaller podcasts. I mean, like not small, but like, like it's. I feel like it's more of a natural conversation. Oh, for sure. I mean, we're we're no Anderson Cooper, um, but. I guess that's a good thing because that means we're, we we won't be uh, thought of as uh, uh, baby eaters. So that's great. Yeah, that's to put it mildly, man. Like, that is, I didn't even go into some of the, like, that's about a three out of 10 on the dark scale, right? Like, that's no yeah, way, okay. it gets so much worse. Like, I didn't, I won't, like, I won't bring it up. I know, I know that's a massive tease, but it's like involves rituals and, sacrifices and some really horrible stuff all right well what what we are talking about for the for the listeners out there is the phenomenon i don't want to call it a cult because i think that's almost being it's it's very cultish it's it's very dangerous uh QAnon, and you sir were a member is it called being a member or is it called being member follower believer um, like you said, it's not, it's got cult aspects, but in fairness to call it a cult completely would be an insult to good cults everywhere. Um, it's, it's really, it's, it's some next level, it's like next level shit, I swear. But yeah, I was yeah. a member for, sorry, I was a member for a year and a half. Okay. And, uh, and yeah, you were on this, on a CNN special just recently, a CNN special report came out, uh, just a few days ago. And, uh, yeah, so thank you, uh, for your time. Um, it, it is uh, a conspiracy that is is sort of endlessly fascinating to us, and it keeps getting more, um, I guess, I guess, darker or maybe more confusing or bigger, you know. Um, so we're we're finally really kind of starting to talk about it on the air because I guess we didn't really know what to do with it before, um, and I want to say thank you to you for uh, for your role in this because um, it's very I think it's very brave and courageous what you're doing. Um, speaking out about it uh it's i mean i don't know if i call it brave but like maybe it's just i felt like um i should because just i'm sure we'll allude to this earlier but when i um realized it was kind of all trash like it was it was a long process um and it just kind of culminated in one specific moment and i kind of confessed my sins to reddit like i wrote a reddit post about it about five minutes after it, i realized it was just bunk and i'd been um, completely manipulated and like i got such a positive overwhelmingly positive feedback from these subreddit called underscore headquarters and they really 
like allowed me to sort of reintegrate back into society, right? They gave me, they kind of gave me a path when they didn't have to. So they only asked me to do one thing and that was to tell my story. And I did, I was, had no plans on doing it for the longest time for one year. And then, um, yeah, someone just contacted me. I sat on it for a month, thought about it. And I was just like, you know what? Fuck it. Like that, that's pretty much exactly what happened. I was like, what's, what's the worst thing that could happen, man? Get killed. Ah, well, whatever. Um, and then, uh, yeah, I just felt like it was, it's penance. Like I felt guilty for believing in this, you know? And I felt like this was part of my penance um, to tell, say like, dude, this is a problem. And like, I, I got caught up in it. Um, there are lots of other people who got caught up in it. And, and we're seeing now, and hopefully, and this is not, like, I'm not saying this because of me, but other people are coming out, especially on the subreddit saying, you know, they were fooled. There's other ex-QAnons. I know a lot of them, actually. Um, there's hundreds now. And back when I started, I just knew, like, two. So, um, yeah, it's not, it's not brave. Maybe necessary, I think, is a better way to put it. Yeah, a- absolutely. And I think you, you've probably been asked this question numerous times, but and I apologize for it. It's, it is a bit of a softball question, but I think a lot of listeners just want to know how it started. How did you, you're smart, you, you have books behind you, and it looks like you study a lot of stuff that is very smart. How did this happen to you? <laughs> that means that, first of all, they're my parents' books and parents' folders. My stuff is like like the old Xbox, like you can see like right there, right? And my computer, <laughs> like that, that's my stuff, okay? And like th- this book over here, which is a very complicated book on math, which I have not cracked open. Um, I have no plans to for a while. Sorry, Bill. My lecturer gave that to me. Um, but anyway, like, no, it's a long story. But uh, yeah, I guess this is the perfect time. So I um, I guess the first question is why I would give a shit about like American politics to begin with. I mean, everyone kind of cares, right? Especially obviously Americans, but like the whole world kind of pays an interest in it because America is such a, you know, it's obviously the superpower. It's very influential. You know, the president's the leader of the free world and whatnot. Um, but I got a special interest because I, um, I had gone, I've been to America twice, uh, once when I graduated high school in 2005 with my dad for about a month and we just went around, which was, which was fun. But then I also went, when I was on exchange, um, in university in 2011, 12, and I was there for about six months. And like, I, I had always been interested in economics, I, I was studying economics at university. I only ever wanted to do economics, um, and it wasn't too hard to go from Australian politics, to, sorry, economics to Australian politics, because it kind of goes hand in hand. Like economic policy, you kind of got to know what the government's doing, the budgets, and whatnot. And um, then I went to the states, and I kind of, I just got a real like crash course in kind of the American experience. Like I was there. You know, um, I went to L.A., San Francisco, like Orlando, Miami, uh, New York, New Jersey, like Chicago, Boston, um, like just just so many other places that I've forgotten. So I went a lot of places. And also I was there in um, I was there for Obama's reelection against Mitt Romney. I was there for Sandy Hook. I remember watching that live and like that was I had never seen anything like that. That was insanity. Um, And I was also there during Hurricane Sandy when that hit New York. 
because that's I was in Queens. Um, that's where I was staying at St. John's University in Queen, Jamaica, Queens in New York, which is ironically where Donald Trump is from. And um, yeah, I just remember Obama's, it just, it was, it was giving a speech and it was so, it just really caught my eye. It was really majestic. Like, and I'm, I don't mean like Obama, he's very, he, he is very majestic, right? For sure. But like, I mean, like just the pageantry and the majesty and the lighting, it's just in the decor, it sounds so stupid, but like Australian politics is really dry by comparison. It's really dry. It's like mad amateur hour in comparison so i kind of that was when i also found out about reddit and i um so i just when i when i went back to australia i just kind of kept tabs on like what was going on just through reddit and reddit's pretty left-leaning um but at the time it was more libertarian i think it's a lot more left-leaning now um and yeah i i for, that's where i heard about bernie sanders and you know like <laughs> like every single person in any particular field always seems to find some sort of niche element of that field that they kind of put at the crux of society, right? Like it'll be like, you know, journalists will be like, oh, free press, right? And like, you know, some authoritarian will be like, oh, it's the battle of the gun, right? Or whatever. And, you know, some novelist will be like, oh, it's the written word. And so I'm going to do exactly the same thing and say that the, a lot of the issues that stem from society at the moment is as a result of income and wealth inequality, um, mainly because if you, just, if you have a system and there's less people having a level of upward mobility within that system, obviously the more people as a proportion of, like as a percentage are gonna be dissatisfied with that system. So it doesn't matter, you know, whether they're like, you know, libertarians or whether they're Marxists, like they still have a dissatisfaction with the system. They just think that the cure is different. And so Bernie Sanders was the only one who was talking about it. And he was also talking about other stuff like forgiving um, student debt. And I just, like, it just, I didn't hear anyone else. And then on top of that, you had Hillary Clinton as the, as the other democratic nominee or primary um, within the, the primary. And I'm just like, man, not Hillary, dude, right? I don't know, I, don't, I didn't think she was a baby eater back then, but like even then, I don't think you need to be to not particularly like Hillary. Um, not because there's anything wrong with her. She's just, she's not very warm, you know? And she's just like the whole Clinton foundation was so super shady right it just it, it just didn't it just seemed wrong it just seemed wrong i just did not like her especially then like i couldn't stand her and um yeah so that's why i was a big bernie bro and then um you know when wikileaks released that information um about you know the dnc and the dccc and how they'd favored hillary in the primary and the, all that like controversy with the superdelegates and whatnot i was like i was really like i was angry i was betrayed First, I felt betrayed by Bernie for just like conceding, right? But then, you know, he's kind of a wuss. Um, and so then I was, I wasn't, yeah, I just kind of became anti-Hillary and that's how I sort of fell into Donald Trump. And then when Donald Trump won, that kind of shattered my world because everyone, everyone was wrong. Like it, it was, it was, it shattered my faith in the media. Like I remember weapons of mass destruction. I remember how that was perpetuated. That was, that was first published in the New York Times. This is a paper of record, right? Everyone takes their lead from the New York Times. So when 
that happens and it culminates, and then, you know, a long series of ish, um, you know, minor transgressions culminates in them not picking Donald Trump winning. I lost all faith in mainstream media. And that's where I started searching for alternative media. And that's how I found Alex Jones, right? Good old Alex. Um, and I had also, that was around, so that was what the election was in November, um, what, 16, 2020? That's 2020, 2016, right? Um, I definitely got the date wrong, but it was November 2016. And I had, I also got diagnosed with ADHD around the same time in December of 2016. So that also was quite traumatic for me and shattered my world because at that point, I was still, I'd been through three different universities. I hadn't even managed to get my undergrad degree. It was you know, for 11 years since I started, they're supposed to go for three years, right? I hadn't even finished mine. I'd been kicked out of two different universities and I'd visited like three or four, including four, including the one in the States at the time. So when I found out I had ADHD, I had this, I just, it, I just, you know, people were like, my whole life I had internalized these issues that I had, like, mm. you know, I couldn't focus on things. Like I couldn't, there was a disconnect between what I wanted to do and what I could do. And I, and it was just like, so these things that I was not able to do, this wasn't like a character defect. It was, it wasn't technically my fault. I'd internalized a lot of um, character, like negative character traits that were my fault for not being able to do things that other people could do. So in the space of about a month, like my world was pretty shattered. So I didn't know what to believe. Right. Then I've, that's when I, that's the kind of mentality I was in when I found Alex Jones. And then Alex, yeah, I followed him for about a year and um, before I found Q. And Alex, like he does this thing where he finds a grain of truth and then he'll stretch it to like, it's most like, you know, ridiculous, like sort of reasoning, like to just fit his old whole narrative. And like credit has to be given. Alex was the one who found out about that whole, um, the whole Bohemian Grove situation, right? Where no one believed him. He's like, oh, look, the world's elites. And, uh, you know, this, I think at the Davos conference or something like that, um, I, I, I like dressing up in robes and like burning a giant owl, right? Everyone's like, ah, oh, shut up. And then he takes a video and now it's a thing, right? Now it's like, yeah, this is something weird that happens we can't explain. But I mean, it's probably just a hazing ritual. You know, like, dude, frats have that. There's lots of hazing, which like, like it's a weird one, but they're all kind of weird, right? But then Alex will say that, you know, they're sacrificing some, you know, spiritual goat to their god Moloch or something like that. And then he'll talk about, you know, oh, they're making human-animal hybrids. And you'll be like, oh, come on, Alex, shut up. And then you'll, um, then you just Google it and there's like an MIT literature review talking about human-animal embryos and you're like, whoa, Right. And then Alex will, because you were so wrong about that and you weren't, you didn't, weren't, you were sure that he was wrong. And then he turns out to be right. You're completely primed to then listen to him and trust him when he tells you something and you, you're completely happy to take it on faith because you doubted him before and he was correct. It doesn't matter that it's not some nefarious, globalist, demonic plan, blah, blah, blah. It's just like, dude, this is what, like science is this is what universities do they pay people to push the boundaries like they're not trying to come up with chimeras 
to rep, you know, repopulate the earth. Yeah. So this sounds like it's a very gradual process. Is is this just part of the intent of brainwashing individuals? Is that like it happens so gradually you don't really notice it until you're out of it? Well, I mean, that's like everything, right? Yeah, absolutely. Like, that's just that's just how it goes. Like, I know, like that whole frog thing, frog in boiling water, even though that's not actually true, but let's go with that. That's what it's like. Like, you know, people are willing to accept small amounts, like little steps. And it's just how people work. And, you know, downward spirals happen that way. You know, upward momentum happens that way too. If you're going to the gym, you want to lose weight. It doesn't happen all overnight. So... Yeah, that was it was a it was a year of conspiracy sort of like really being conspiracy theorist, right? Like super willing to entertain anything because I just didn't know what could be true and I just I was just like, look, it doesn't matter what anyone says. Even if the whole the whole world thought, it, you know, this is my reasoning. It's like it, the reasoning's right but the conclusion's wrong. It's like everyone thought, you know, the world was flat, right? Then it turned out it wasn't. Everyone thought the earth was the center of the universe. Turn out it wasn't, right? And everyone thought that, you know, there was no such thing as interdimensional fifth, you know, dimensional blue avians. And like, yo, dude, maybe there will be. No, like, obviously no, right? Like, well, wait, maybe there are, but like, let's, you can't just make up anything you want. Um, yeah, so it's, it is a very gradual process and you don't even realize it's happening. Okay, so... You've gone through this gradual process. You're not 100% at, uh, at, the, at the queue level yet. Uh, when, is, when does that introduction happen? So Q, I think Q came around in October 2017. Um, I didn't really hear about him um, until the first inkling I got was November 2017, which was um, some stuff was popping up on my YouTube auto-recommended uh, like, uh, list. And I didn't really pay much attention to that because it was full of like conspiracy stuff, like shocking, this ancient Sumerian temple proves aliens or shocking, this government insider. And I'm like, yeah, 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 dude, everything's shocking. Whatever. I'm really shocked. Um, and then Alex, I, they, so Alex on his four hour show does this thing where he has a guest host for the last hour. And it was around Boxing Day 26, 2017. And this guy called Rob Dew is one of the hosts. He had two people on. One was Pamphlet and on, and one was Baruch the Scribe. Um, I, I forget what their names were. So Baruch is Paul Fervor, who was the owner, I think, of that um, 8chan board that Q first posted on, or, or posted on after he moved to um, 4chan. Sorry, after he moved from 4chan. Right. And I forgot the other guy's name, um, but he was, his moniker was um, Patriot and on. And they're just talking about this, yeah, government insider leaking information. And the thing is, there's a whole like sort of alternative media conspiracy network, like obviously Infowars, but then there's a whole bunch. Like there's like Lionel, right? Not not Richie, the other guy with glasses. <laughs> um, but then there was another one. I think it was American Intelligence Media as well. So this started doing the rounds in the alternative media circle. And they were talking about, you know, is Q real? They were give, they were platforming Q, which gave Q an air of legitimacy within the conspiracy media ecosystem. So anyone who was plugged into that would know about Q and would be open to the idea of that happening. So that's kind of how I started to 
pay more attention to it. And I remember then when I first read, there was, there was probably about a few dozen Q drops at that point. And there was a Google, um, like Google Sheets doc. And it was just talking about like these, like Q was very cryptic back in the day, like when he first started, like, you know, lately, last second half has just been posting like fucking YouTube videos and tweets and shit. It's so low, it's so low effort. Um, what happened, Q, bro? It used to be cool. And then, um, yeah, so it, so we you spent a lot of time deciphering it, decoding it. And it was just so, it was so interesting. Like this was, the reason that drew, drew me to it was A, it felt familiar because it rehashed a lot of the things that Pizzagate did. It kind of cannibalized Pizzagate and put its own spin to it. And B, it was, it was talking about good guys. Like one running question I had throughout almost the whole year before I found out about Q was like, where are the good guys in these conspiracy? Why is it always the, where it's always about the bad guy? Where are the, like, is no one doing anything? I don't understand. Right. Like where are the, I don't know, the Knights of the Round Table or some shit. Where's King Arthur? Like, what, come on, dude, right? And then Q, and I, I kind of latched onto that with the whole Blue Avians thing because they were supposedly the good guys, right? But then Q comes along and he's like, and he's the whole shtick is about the good guys and that Donald Trump is a good guy and the, the military intelligence is fighting this, you know, secret deep state. And um, I just... I remember, I can't remember exactly when, but it wasn't too long after. I just wanted to believe that so much, right? Like I wanted this to be true because that meant there was like a way we could build a better future for all of humanity despite the chaos, right? What a fucking joke. But um, yeah, and I just, I decided, I was like, I remember I made an arbitrary decision. Like when I was right on the edge, like 49 or 48, I sort of nudged myself over. That's like, dude, I'm going all in. And I don't know if that happens to everyone, right maybe at some level but um yeah that's that's kind of when i felt really all into q so you made like a conscious uh declaration towards q and or just a move yeah, towards to myself it. really yeah because i still wasn't sure and i was like i couldn't be a hundred percent sure and i was teetering i was like this could be true this could not be true and i was like man there is nothing else that i see that gives me any hope. There's nothing else. I don't see any hope, right? Donald Trump's been president for more than a year. He's done jack fucking shit. You know, he passed some tax cuts that any bloody cookie cutter Republican would have passed. He didn't, where's the wall? Not that I particularly give a shit, but where's the wall? Why aren't the troops home? What happened to a better healthcare system than Obamacare? What happened to like, just, just, just so many promises. What happened to the special counsel to Hillary Clinton? right? All this stuff. And he hadn't done anything. And I was like, I thought Donald Trump was like the last, or Bernie Sanders was the last hope. Then Donald Trump was the last hope. Then I was like, oh, well, dude, mine's like, Q, I guess Q's the last hope. So it was almost like a choice between believing in that or not, or being completely nihilistic. So what does it mean when you have made the decision to fully invest in Q? What At that point, do you contact somebody and you're taken to another level or something? No, 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 not at all, right? Like, it's not, it's not, you don't, it's very decentralized. You Most of the, like, I very much doubt that the overwhelming majority of Q followers, people who follow Q, unless they already know someone in real life, would 
have gone out of their way to meet someone. It's usually just all online. HN by its definition and 4chan and Acorn, they're all anonymous, right? Um, even the the vote after Q got kicked off, the subreddit, um, the second sub Q subreddit got banned was anonymous. So it's not, it's 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 more like it's like how do you become a Christian? Right. Oh, I guess you get baptized. I guess that's it. Um, so but like so baptism, I guess in this way is just sort of deciding that, you know, you're going to fight this fight and become a digital soldier, right? There's no, oh, some people do stuff like that. I guess it's different for everyone, you know, but like, yeah, I, the, for me, I guess that was my swearing in. And for you, uh, it, it doesn't really sound like you were uh, so much into the Republican Party as so much as it was like you were kind of confused overall about what you wanted or just... Um, frustrated with everybody um is that is that true well i guess is that true and then is that true for most uh people who follow q so uh, the thing is when it first started you can see with q's early posts like it wasn't a republican versus democrat thing that happened later it was very it was bipartisan right they were like he was talking about republicans versus democrats you know they want you divided like these are quotes that q says it was no overt like you know um christian undertones or like overtones like there was no all of this happened later right initially it was more secular it was more by um bipartisan it wasn't just democrats it was republicans too both the parties were corrupt so it's only much later that it's just completely morphed into you know republicans good democrats bad Okay, and uh, I guess what wh- what is it about Trump or about um, that the right side, the right wing side that um, that seems to have captured? Uh, you know, they, they seem to have connected with the QAnon conspiracy. Well, see, it's funny, right? In that they're for sure his most leal, zeal, zealous, hardcore supporter base. Like they are, right? How could you possibly get much more of a hardcore supporter base than? Q followers for Donald Trump. But the thing is, they, they're all not very satisfied with his, the work that he's doing. I was very dissatisfied with Donald Trump when, I was, when Q finally came along. He came along at the perfect time. Like I said, Donald Trump was not, he was literally just being another like establishment Republican. He didn't do anything. Like at least do something, dude. Burn the place down if you must, right? Uh, but he just... It, Q comes along and you and it's when you are a Trump supporter, like you are under attack constantly from your friends, your family, to so polite society, right? And people can say with good reason, but that's not the issue here. That's not what I'm talking about. People can say, oh, well, the Nazis are attacking. It's like, oh, shut up, right? Like just the fact that someone brings up Trump supporters all being Nazis is completely insane. But having said that, like, you are under attack and you can't say it, especially if you live in a city, um, if you live in a metropolitan area, because that's that's quite um, Democrat. And you, as a result, you re- re- respond like that. You're very fervent, you're very aggressive. You know, you fight fire with fire. You're very loud and brash and, you know, shout your Trump support from the you know top down. And you pay a social cost for that, rightly or wrongly. So then when it's so so then when you see him like doing nothing, it is so 
like it is just such a big cost that you have paid for nothing, right? For nothing, like nothing happened, nothing did anything. So you so desperately cannot face the idea of going back on that, right? That it's easier to then believe that he's actually doing stuff behind the scenes. You know, no, you know, he's doing so much. You have no idea he's saving the world and the universe and the dimensions and blah, 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 right? Like almost as, as heroic Donald Trump is, it's kind of a weird inverse projection of how dissatisfied his most hardcore and Q followers are with him. Like just subconsciously. That's the until like maybe that's wrong. You know, I have been known to be wrong before. Um, so like I just I just think that there's a deep level of dissatisfaction that goes along that, and they're so desperate not to be wrong and to that they will go that you they'll take anything, they'll, anything you throw at them, like they'll take it and they'll run with it. Yeah, I I feel like I feel like this is a a brilliant strategy from the organizers or organizer of QAnon that they recognize the the time, the social climate, the political climate, and then they slowly work their hooks into people, into their brains, and and manipulate it from there. It's a perfect recipe. It's a perfect storm of circumstances that were happening at the time. And you described it so well, where it's like, it's not a Democrat-Republican thing. It's not a left-right thing. It's, it's it's, It's the hooks that they set. It's the timing in which they set those hooks. And from there, where does it go? where you you were you were speaking about you know where are the good guys and the way QAnon presents itself as the fighter for the children and you know against this like horrific evil cabal do they do how does the how does that get messaged to you how do how do these fights get messaged to you and when they start to say here's documentation of these blood drinkers these you know <laughs> baby killers I, I, is it just on Reddit? Is it on? That was it. There's many avenues. There's many yep. avenues, right? Like for me personally, it was Reddit, then Vote, as well as occasionally Achan, right? Uh, YouTube as well. There would be like anointed decoders who would have like Jerome Corsi, um, who, who used to be on Infowars, who would just talk about Q and decode it. And he was really good at it, actually. Um, so, but there's there's other ways for other people. Like, I mean, now there's there's even like um, people on dude. There's a massive spread through TikTok. Like, I know that from one of my friends, Ab- Abby Richards. Like, she's topology. I don't know if you've seen that pyramid um, of conspiracy theories, right? Where there's oh, oh it's crazy. It's a conspiracy theory pyramid. You can look it up if you want. And it's just like she made that and it went viral. So she really gets it, and she's massive on tiktok she's like two hundred thousand people she's also a terrible person so i don't want to say too many good things about her um but she's like yeah 100 there's like tiktok there's pastel QAnon, which is like sort of this instagram version whether it's nice pastel blues and reds and talking about you know oh just you know pray and breathe and let mother gaia you know come into you and blah 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 and then every now and again they'll just be like you know where we go one we go all um it's it's kind of there's so many different pathways to it that was just mine right people the big the biggest pathway to it though i, I don't think there is a big, biggest pathway there's probably the biggest pathway to it is through like ironically not just it's just like it's just 
I actually have no idea. I could not even guess. It's just everywhere. Yeah, I think that's also by design too, because then it gives you it gives you the sense that it is everywhere. It's all around you, you know, and you're not escaping it, and you're always looking at it. You're always looking for it, and, and um, you're seeing signs that probably aren't even there, right? Mm, yeah, but like I hesitate to say it's designed this way, right? Like just straight off the bat, and like oh, look, I'm the worst person to talk about that aspect because I hate, I hate conspiracy theories. Now, like, I just truly hate them from, like, my soul. I get triggered when I hear them. So I'm definitely the worst person to <laughs> discredit, like, this idea of maybe a psyop or something, right? But it's, like, it just, that, like, first, we shouldn't, I don't think we should, could, like, um, combat one conspiracy theory with another. Second, there's no real evidence that, like, that it's too implausible to someone to predict all of this. There's too many moving parts. They would have had to know about coronavirus. They would have really had to know about what Donald Trump's base were thinking when even the Republican Party didn't know, right? They would have really had to know, you know, so many moving parts that, ironically, that's the real fall of any giant conspiracy theory that, dude, it's too hard. It's impossible. There's too many variables. No one can plan for that. You can't plan for this. You know, there were so many. It just, it just happened to catch on. Like there were so many pseudo anonymous insiders on 4chan before Q came along. There's so many. This one just hit at the right moment. It hit the right vibe, the right strain, right? And there's a lot of like circumstantial evidence that it's changed. It's changed at least once. Um, there's a whole situation where someone did a writing analysis, and it looks like there were two distinct writing styles. And funnily enough, they seem to correlate almost exactly around the date where there was some like controversy within the Q movement about there were two Qs that popped up at this one time because essentially the way Q identified himself on 8chan was something called the trip code. And it, because it's an anonymous um, forum, you have to, in order so people know that you, it's the same person posting, you have to put in the trip codes, which is like a password and a unique identifier. So it's not very complicated. It's only eight characters and symbols and numbers long. It's only eight characters long. And you can brute force that with just like a random character generator one by one in like a decent amount, a quick enough amount of time. So people have done that. And people have cracked Q's password before. His first password was Matlock. Um, so it's uh, like, I think it's very unlikely that some Russian agent would use Matlock as his password, right? <laughs> um, secondly, and it just, it just line that line, there was a controversy where there were two Qs and then the board owner who had to choose one Q and there was some hype, there was some theories that maybe he chose at the wrong, the, the, the original Q wasn't chosen and the original Q is gone and it lines up with that. So that's not evidence. That doesn't mean that this is, this is correct. Right, that's all circumstantial and anecdotal, and it, you know whatnot. But I haven't seen anything other than the result that would be in favor of the idea that it was planned. Just the fact that it happened, and just for me, that's not good enough. Okay, so you're you're saying that the whole mechanism is a little too coincidental to have been overseen by some, uh, you know, overlord who had planned this. If you know this much about society and economy and all that shit, why would you go through HN? 
<laughs> like, why not just bribe a politician? Like, okay, like do something like clone the man. I don't know. Wouldn't that be easier? Like, than, than just this. But like I said, I'm the worst person to criticize that. The worst. Because even if it was true, I would, I could, I, like, I don't think I could bring myself to accept that. So, like, ask, ask someone else. <laughs> Well, so what was it that happened uh, over the course of your involvement with QAnon where you started to recognize that this was escalating too too much and, and perhaps it wasn't uh, factual? No, there was. this is the thing, right? I knew it wasn't, there was no proof, like the whole time, right? I knew these the, the Q proofs that you look at, like these things that happen, like, you know, a Q, like the number Q, the letter Q comes here or Donald Trump says something, right? And obviously it's a coincidence, but Q has primed you by drilling it into your head. There are no such thing as coincidences. He says that, which is really very ingenious because that means that I genuinely thought that the genius of the plan was that an undiscerning eye could look at it as if, as a coincidence, but it really wasn't, right? So, and that only occurred because Q said there are no coincidences, which is a conclusion. He's presenting the conclusion to you as like, as a fact, when the whole idea is to get to the conclusion yourself. Does that several times. He does that with um, trust the plan, which basically means whatever happens, we just trust the plan, trust me, trust me, you know, uh, future proofs past that's a big one so he's essentially he's telling you what to think and what to do at the same time it's really hard to explain i can't quite wrap my head around it because if you ex- if if you, someone tells you future proofs past that that on its surface doesn't sound too insane right it's like okay yeah fair enough so something will happen in the future that will unlock a truth a proof to the past but then it's like you can of course something will happen that you can trace back to something in the past that's how it works it's supposed to be the opposite way that's just the world yes and it's supposed to be the opposite way he's making a reverse prediction right with with all the legitimacy of an actual prediction and it just and you don't even realize it because it sounds so innocuous so that's 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 the kind of um like you know rationalization that I was putting forward. Okay, what what's your opinion on when this became like politicized? When we have actual members of Congress who are dangerously uh, wielding this this QAnon conspiracy to the point where it it seems like we're in some some uh, oh who's the director who did Brazil and uh, Twelve Monkeys uh, ter- uh, from Terry from Gilliam. Money- yeah, I feel like we're in some Terry Gilliam movie right now where the government is just out of their minds. And I mean, when did it become politicized? It was always politicized. The whole thing was about Hillary Clinton being arrested, right? Yeah. Like, it was all about the, the taking over the cabal and control of the government. And don't, like, it was politicized and they died. Okay, well, let me let me rephrase my question then, because uh, that, that was a great answer. Um, I just didn't a- ask it appropriately. When do you think that it got embraced by politicians? When I think it really made the big time was coronavirus. I think that's when you'll find that it was really coronavirus that sort of supercharged it and was just, you know, just threw the, it just dumped the whole like tanker full of gasoline onto a dying fire. And 
you're 100% right. Like, you've got, what, Marjorie Taylor Greene. There's a few others. There's, like, three or four, you know? And it's just, it's crazy. And this happened, think, if you think, dude, remind, let's remember, this This started, Q posted, what, end of 2017, right? It is now beginning of 2021. So that's what, 18, 19, 20. It's, like, three and a bit years later, and they have members in Congress for an idea that just popped up. That's crazy. That's insane speed. And I, to be honest, if you really want to get granular with it, I, I kind of think when it was like it was on Reddit, when the CBTS board came about, the calm before the storm board. And, you know, it, it was pretty popular. Like I said, the alternative media had given an air of legitimacy to it. So that, that, that's how it kind of spread. Um, but it was just it was always there. It was just bubbling before below the surface. It was just waiting for something like coronavirus. Coronavirus was just a catalyst, you know? It's like, it's not, you know, a catalyst is not part of a chemical reaction. It's not consumed in a chemical reaction, but it kickstarts it. And this is exactly what it was. And this, and then you have, it just, there's just so many crazy things and points that you can, you know, for, cross like um forks in the road where you can say oh man if the opposite had happened q would have died out and at every single stage just made the right turn you know culminating in like january 6th right right and so just to be clear you're saying when you're saying uh QAnon was was sort of what start what ignited it um that's because mostly because more people were at home and, and sort of left to the internet and things like that that, that was some that was a part of it like the thing about coronavirus, it's just that there's one thing I've noticed with Q followers, and this is also purely anecdotal, right? Like this is not, I'm just, it's just something I've noticed talking to people is that there always seems to be some kind of trauma, some traumatic event that precedes this fall down into a conspiracy black hole. Like for me, it was the whole ADHD um, and Trump winning, right? That was like a micro and macro level trauma. And I think like other people, it's like, you know, they lost their job, the, you know, someone died, right? Like something like this happened. And coronavirus, I think was just, you know, it was just everything in one. A, you're 100% right. Everyone was at home. They had more time to spend on the internet, right? For sure. Secondly, I just think that the, how quickly coronavirus came about and how extreme the response was, rightly so, that it was almost like a traumatic event. For everyone, because everyone was in the same boat. It was just like, you know, it's a once in a hundred year vibe. We just like we weren't expecting this. It's something from a movie. And then all of a sudden, you know, we don't know what's going on. We don't know, like, we don't know where this virus has come from. It's come from China, but where is it a bad? Is it a lab? Who knows? Right? No one really knows anything. Do masks work? Do not do they not work? Right? Like, you know, it's just it was traumatic, and lots of people did lose their jobs, and lots of people did, you know, people started dying, and we didn't know. So I thought that was almost like a like a global traumatic event to everyone's psyche. Absolutely. Uh, 
what I, I guess this I mean what you're describing is how cults will recruit I mean they they seek out people who have that space that needs to be filled for whatever reason they they need something to complete them they need answers and that didn't occur to me until you said you know you're talking about coronavirus and saying uh, is you know is it where did it come from did it come from a bat did it come from here or there what's going to happen I, I need to wear a mask now I'm faceless like they had questions that no one was able to answer because there was no proper leadership in place for for the most part to tell you exactly what was going on and and it was a once in a hundred year thing so there needed to be some research done and there needed to be decisive answers to give to people and Q just worked worked its way in there that saw the opening took took a step through the door 